You're listening to Tim Talks, Taking Interest in Ministry, a conversation between two great friends with over 70 years of ministry between them. Ministering on opposite sides of the border, Dr. Al Stone is the General Director of Bearing Precious Seed Canada and Pastor Emeritus of the Bible Baptist Church in St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada, while Pastor Dan Wolven pastors the North Columbus Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. Listen now as Al and Dan review and relate their experiences in hopes of helping others who are taking an interest in ministry. Now, here is Tim Talks. Welcome to Tim Talks. The Ohio edition. Was that a non-Tim Hortons sip, though? Man, you busted me. Yeah. You busted me. Yeah. Well, I How know you where tell? you're at. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, the truth is, I'm in Salina, Ohio, having a great awesome. meeting. Great meeting. Yeah. Uh, when this airs, it'll be over. But, oh, man, just tremendous time with Brother Steve Clayton. And uh, I just met him for coffee earlier, and I had this big cup of coffee, and I thought, I, I can't do another one. I can't do another one. It was, it was so good. But, um, and I got to drink more water, so that was a, that was a water wow, slurp. I'm sorry. good for you. Yeah, yeah. I got to get hydrated, man. That's a problem. the water came out of St. Mary's Lake there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I'm glowing right now. I'm glowing green. <laughs> so, yeah, that's where I'm at. That's what I'm doing. So um, you busted me. So there you go. So I didn't this even week mean will probably to. Be, no, I know. Uh, this week will probably be uh, automatic. a water slurp. It's, yeah. uh, get ready, yeah. it's intrinsic. Oh, hold on. <laughs> There you go. I'm ready. I was ready for you today. So it doesn't ring quite as well when the cup is full. But uh, yeah, it's way better at the bottom. But there you go. Good job. Intrinsic is the word of the day. How are you, man? How are Doing you? Awesome. As you can tell, you're looking oh, at yeah. me through FaceTime. We we dropped Zoom, mm-hmm. and you're FaceTime out. has been excelling Zoom here recently. Yeah. Yeah, this is really good. Um, there's no lag at all, no glitches. Mm-hmm. It probably happened now. Well, you know, I just there is lag, stuff, but. but it's not uh, technology's fault. <laughs> That's right, it's, uh, old age fault. <laughs> it's more slag than lag. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got to tell you, I've been getting some great comments from our listeners on some of our uh, former uh, podcasts. Awesome, and. Um, we we have one new listener who kind of found us accidentally. She she had to go for a long drive and and uh, she was with her son and and um, he goes, "You want to listen to a podcast or something?" And she goes, "Yeah, I, I think Pastor Stone does a a podcast." And so they found us and she 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 wrote me. And she goes, "You guys are jerks." She said, "Oh man, you had us laughing so hard." And she goes, "And Pastor Wolven's laugh had us dying." I said, "I know it's really good." So I said, "Hey, you might want to listen to this one." And I sent her to the. Uh, Number five, the one where we did the first hospital call oh, together. Yes. So she wrote me back it's today and she classic. was, Oh, you guys are killing me. She's I'm <laughs> laughing so hard I gotta pull over because I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> That's a classic. <laughs> That's what it was, episode so, number five, that early. Number five. Wow. That, yeah, number five. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So yeah, so it was really good. So uh congratulations to our new Timmies and our Timettes. We welcome you. And then brother BJ Jan- BJ Van Ammon just uh wrote me said uh, my new favorite all-time Tim Talks line. I love you, honey. Now shut up and get in the car. So uh, <laughs> So I had to that clippity clop. I love you, honey. Get in the car. Oh, clippity clop. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my! So for our new listeners, you'll have to go back a few to figure that all out. Oh so, man! Yeah, it kind we'll of just we we'll have to along. look that up. There's some of those episodes, oh. the nursery episode. That yeah. one had me in stitches. Oh. I mean, that was a lot oh, of yeah. fun. We have to go back good. and try to find some of our favorites. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to do it. Maybe for 1,000, we'll do a video of a recap of some of our favorites or something. <laughs> yeah, we got to be ready for that. So good, good. And um, so uh, just a, a great week here so far, and, and praise the Lord for that. I, I actually had something happen uh, Sunday, and I thought this would be a great topic for this week because it's so new and fresh for me, and I know that you've had this too. Um, it was a friend day here. And they had several visitors. Uh, folks brought all kinds of relatives and friends, and, and many of them had been to the church before. Uh, some returning, some some new people for the first time, some new teenagers. And uh, boy, just a great spirit. The McCluskeys are here with us singing, and they do such a good job. And boy, the spirit was great. There was a there was a you could just sense the spirit in the building. And man, I preached, and I preached a pretty simple salvation message, and just really poured my Amen. heart. I prayed over it. The church was praying gave the invitation not one person got saved not one and i got i gotta tell you it's it's a little disappointing and it's it's a little disheartening a little bit to think man everything just seemed to be right there and no response and i said you can come forward you can go to the back you can pray with me in a prayer gave every opportunity and i said if you prayed that prayer come and let me know I didn't have anybody tell me. Now, I did have one gentleman come to me and say, I love the day. I love the services. Um, it was really good. And I said, did you make any decisions? And he goes, yeah, I did. And he just left it at that. So I don't know. He may have gotten saved. I don't know. But um, I I sense more and more um, in, in services like that, less people notifying you that they got saved or making that move to get saved. I don't know if you've noticed that. Um, they're in Columbus, and as you preach out some, um, but I know that, and it can it can be a little discouraging for churches and for pastors. And I thought maybe we discuss that this week and why that is, and you know, is there anything more we can do that kind of thing? So, are you sensing any of that? Seeing any of that oh, as yeah. you travel? Yeah, in there I, at home? I've seen that. I've seen that in our church. I've seen it in other places where I preached, and uh, other people, other preachers like yourself, many others. We've talked about the same kind of thing. That, that we see this. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's a lot of reasons for it. Uh, you know, the first thing I think of is that we are now preaching to basically biblically illiterate people. Whenever mm-hmm. you consider the most popular names in the 40s, 50s were all Bible names. And, uh, you know, that means that there was a an overall Bible understanding that, oh, this is a good name because this was a good person. Well, how they knew it was a good person? Because they had at least a, a somewhat fundamental knowledge of, of Scripture, even though they may have been unbelievers. But uh, so, so that's just one impact. But, of course, whenever you're, you preach to people that there's already a pool of Bible knowledge there for the Holy Spirit to use because he's the one who's doing the work. We're we're maybe yelling and sweating and and stomping our feet, but it's the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit that is doing the work, and He of course is not limited. But whenever people do not have much of a Bible knowledge for Him to work upon them, uh, it's it's uh, seems to be a, a little bit longer before people will make that decision. Yeah, 
I never thought of that. That's that's good. I actually made that point in preaching that you know we used to start with Jesus loves you and he died on the cross. Now we have to start from the very beginning. Yes. There is a God, and and I think you're absolutely right. And that's that makes really great sense that people aren't really prepared for that message. It's a brand new message. And I have to be honest, if I wasn't already saved and somebody said, okay, so there's a God and I've been taught my whole life there isn't one. And he had a son and he came to earth, but he never had a relationship with a woman. And he became the savior and did miraculous things and was killed on a cross for my sins. That, that's that's hard to grasp. That's that's some deep stuff if you really think about it. We take it for granted. And I think as preachers, a lot of times when we do talk to people, especially guys our age, we're thinking that everybody is still in that mode where they were taught in school about Jesus and they got a Bible and, and families went to church. And that's not the way it is today for sure. You're right. Um, our good friends, the Maldoffs, whenever they went to Australia... Um, He had decided, of course, they had done their survey trip, and he really did some extensive study and prayer. And so before he went to Australia, uh, he he went to one of the, um, oh, I forgot the name of the group now, but uh, the group that uh, would find uh, biblically illiterate nations and sort of teach how to to witness to them, and uh, where they did many times in the you know, new tribe missions and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Wycliffe. Uh, yes. And so um, so he decided, you know, I think that's what, what I'm going to do. And whenever they went over to the field and established a church, they started having cuppas with people. In Australia, yep. a cuppa is do you, you cup want a cup of tea, cup of coffee? And so right. they'd, they invited people over for a cuppa. And and they would go through this curriculum, and it was about a 30, 40 lesson curriculum, consistently somewhere around lesson 8, 12, 16, people were trusting Christ. Because he said mm-hmm. he felt like there was such a lack of biblical understanding there. And, of course, historically, that was a penal colony as a nation. So, um, yeah. And and he saw phenomenal results, not fast, but extremely sturdy and sound. And when we were over there with him about 16, 17 years ago, um, their church had now just gone into the brink of their church members were having friends over for a cuppa. And so they were beginning to expand and, and build their foundations even broader and deeper. And I think that uh, whereas I'm still always going to give people the gospel as much as I can, as often as I can, whatever much they will allow me to say before they cut me off or go somewhere else. But um, I've sort of changed my, uh, I wouldn't say it, presentation to where I'll always give an invitation of somebody trusting the Lord, but I also now include, now I'd like you to make this decision today, and it's a very important decision. If you understand this, then now is the time. I know we're not, we may not have the time to go through all the questions you may have right now. If you'd be interested in us meeting up at another time, perhaps maybe in my mm-hmm. office or coming, I now, not only whenever I draw that draw the net, I, I now leave an opportunity to try to 
meet again to answer some questions because I, I think just people, it just in my lifetime, it, it, that Bible knowledge just isn't there, that foundational understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I do the same thing. I say, now, after the service, I'll be in the hallway. The pastor's in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Let's get together and and take some time to go through this. And my prayer is that people will, you know, have that seed planted and maybe come back next Sunday Amen. and the Sunday after Amen. and start to, you know, do that. And really, I, I want people to make an educated decision. I don't want people just to emotionally, you know, jump on something because, you know, it's a fevered pitch invitation. I want them to really get it. And if that takes time, then I'm all for that. But we are so desperate in wanting to see people saved because Amen. we realize the situation of our world. Um, it, it is disheartening when they don't jump on it right away. And I have to say that as a kid, you know, I went to Sunday school for a couple of years and I had Christian parents. Yeah. And, you know, it took a couple of years for me to get saved. And, and I never really thought about it in Sunday school or anything. It wasn't until the pastor came to my home, to my grandma's place where I was staying for the weekend and he put it right in front of me that I accepted Christ. Amen. So, um, you know, I, I encourage the church, you know, follow up, go, go to your friends and ask them, what'd you think of that message? Did you, you know, were you moved by that at all? Can I answer some questions for you? And I think a big part of it today, and maybe we can touch on this a little more on Wednesday is the trust factor. People don't trust very much today. And so you got a guy getting up and saying all these biblical things. They don't have any biblical backing. And he's telling you this is this is the truth. And they don't have an opportunity to research that and see that for themselves. And I think it takes some time for people to trust. And when an evangelist comes in, um, I tell the church, it takes me a service or two before I really feel like the congregation connects sometimes because they don't know who I am. They don't know if they can trust me. And it takes a little bit. And so that's part of it as well. And I think the trust factor today is is huge in some of those decisions. Well, that's a dangerous situation because once they do get to know you, they never will trust yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a trouble. So that that's why I don't preach more than once or twice in a meeting. I just, you know, I got to get out. <laughs> you, uh, you, you put the runners on the bases and let somebody else come in and preach and bet cleanup. You're right. That's right. I load them up and the pastor gets to hit the home run in the next couple of weeks. So, And that works for me. I mean, I'm more than happy to do that. And that's, that's um, great. Of it's course a, I'm it's a team effort. I know, but it's a team effort. It really is. And that's and I tell a pastor, you know, hey, make sure you follow up on these people. Get to see them in the next week or so and touch base with them. Um, I, I think you have to because, man, there is a wicked one who is circling. And when that seed is dropped on the soil, he is quick to go and snatch it away with distraction and interference and all those kind of things. So yeah, you've gotta you've gotta reach out to people. You don't you don't have to push people. You don't have to, you know, mess with them. But you do have to get back and say, hey, let's just talk about what you heard and let me answer any questions you have. And I think people do have a lot of questions when you come to a Baptist church for the first time. You know, I, I uh, we actually were able to invite a girl from a, a Goodwill store. Uh, we we went over to look for some stuff, and uh, she got talking to my wife, and my wife invited her to come. And um, she, you know, she comes from a Catholic background. And mm-hmm. I said to her, now, listen, 
when you come, it'll be different than what you're used to. And uh, I mentioned uh, in one of our podcasts uh, just recently here that we met a couple in the airport in Orlando, yes. and they were Catholic background. He he reached out to me today. I guess awesome. he reached out last week, but I didn't get the email. So he reached out again, and they said, you know, we're looking we're looking for some place to go and find out about the things Wonderful. of the Lord. So yeah, so I'm excited about that. But um, I told him I said, now it's going to be different. It, it's going to really reach into your heart more than your head. And that's really what a Baptist church does, I think. And we try anyways. And so that's something that you have to consider when people come. It's a brand new experience. They don't know what's going on. And they're confronted with some serious questions in a very short period of time. And then they have to process that and make a decision on that. And I think most people today take a little longer to process things. When I buy a car, I research it, research it, research it. I go and look at it. I test drive it. I go home and research it again. I call my mechanic. And then I finally make my decision. And I think that's the same with church. I think people are doing the same thing. Yeah. So in summary... um, we have to understand it's the Holy Spirit that's doing the work. And Absolutely. so um, we we beg, we plead, we encourage, we pray, we uh, weep, we, we invite, we, we do everything that we can, but it's the Holy Spirit that does the work, always has been and always will be. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we need to just remember is our response. My problem is, what I think I have seen over the course of time here in the last 41 years of ministry is now that people don't see those immediate results or instant results, Mm -hmm. I think more Christians back off. And there weren't a lot of people so winning percentage-wise to begin with. And now I believe it's even less because people expect maybe because, you know, a, a pastor gave an illustration as true illustration. He was at a restaurant or talking to a neighbor or maybe met somebody on the bus for the first time. They trusted the Lord. They came to church, got baptized. Now they're a member someplace. And those things do happen and they happen often. But many times what has already happened in that person's life is they've had a grandma that's been praying for them for 35 years. They've got uh, maybe a wife that's been praying for them for 10, 15 years, uh, a co-worker. There's a basis already there that the Holy Spirit has been working and and God just brought the right person at the right time to say the right thing. And so sometimes I, I think that our response is, oh, this doesn't work anymore. Right. And it does. It's the Holy Spirit who does the work. The Lord's arm is not shortened that he cannot save. And so mm-hmm. our response should not be, oh, well, then I'm doing something wrong, or this is hard, or this is difficult. Our response is just be faithful with the message. You know, we need mm-hmm. to be even more faithful and more adamant. And let's not be discouraged because maybe we didn't see some some kind of instant result. I'm convinced that I'm going to be in heaven one day and I'm going to meet some people who wound up getting saved somehow through something that I have done by a track that was given, by a message that I gave, by talking to them about the Lord. Or maybe they didn't get saved today and I never saw them on this earth ever again. I'm convinced that our labor for the Lord is never in vain. 
you have just sparked a great uh, thought and I'm going to leave it till Wednesday. Um, a question that I get from pastors all the time that kind of reflects what you just said. And that's an excellent point. Excellent point. And I think as Christians, we're a little discouraged from not seeing yes, the fruit are. that we used to see, we right? Are. It used to be you knock on door on Saturdays, you get, you'd get a person saved or a couple people saved. They'd yes. be able to church Sunday, get baptized the next week. That doesn't happen much. We've just, we've gotten discouraged. And I think that's held us back a little bit, but I got a great question for Wednesday. Yeah, I, so, I have spent um, personally now just this year with the weather breaking, I personally have gone out 20, maybe 22 hours knocking on doors and right. have not seen one child ride the bus yet. So, right. I mean, it's just, right. that's, it's just where we are and, and the kind right. of uh, society that we're in. So does it mean yeah. I'm not going to go out anymore? No, I'm going to pray even more, but I, I got to stay faithful. Yeah, absolutely. Between children being shot in schools, COVID, and just a, an apathy spiritually, it, it's a different oh, day. Oh, yeah. It's a yeah. different day. Wow, good. Well, from Salina, Ohio, or as my GPS calls it, Selena. Yes. Uh, here in Selena, Ohio. Um, but like Selina Dion, you know, the singer. Yeah. Well, Selena Gomez is what I was looking for. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I don't even know who those people are, but I heard the name. <laughs> well, I've seen the CDs in your car, so I assume they must be okay. Those are my wife's. <laughs> <laughs> so now you you know she says, "Shut up, honey. I'm going to the car." <laughs> right. I say, "I love you, honey. Now shut up, get in the car and turn off your rock music." <laughs> if my wife ever listens to these dim talks, I'm going to get <laughs> Um, I just met a couple great businessmen that are excited about what we're doing. Amen. Would you pray with me that God would lay on their heart to do something great? We just need about another $86,000 U.S. <laughs> to be matching That's what we've great. been uh, given challenge. And so, yeah, we're, it's coming along and uh, doing some great things. So we're excited. So I'll give you something on Wednesday. Be ready. I'm Al Stone. This is Dan Wolven in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, please make sure that you give us a rating review and make sure you subscribe to your favorite podcast listening platform. This is Tim Talks. We will be back with you on Wednesday. Be sure to be with us or you're going to miss something awesome. Me and Dan. We'll be ready. <laughs> See you then. This is Tim Talks. Have a great day. Eh? You've been listening to Tim Talks, taking interest in ministry with new podcasts added each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To learn more about your hosts, Dr. Al Stone and Pastor Dan Wolven, you can visit us at timtalks.com. That's T-I-I-M talks.com.